0: along to the macabre London Christmas party. As you can see, it's just me here. But to be honest, being the introvert I am, and what with the virus that shall not be named out there running riot, a party with just you, me, and the cat, wherever she is, will do me just fine for this year. Now, even though 2021 has felt fairly uneventful to the majority of us who spent a large time of it in our sweatpants at home, plenty of strange things happened throughout the year, and so I thought it might be nice to spend a little time together, taking a look at those strange, horrendous and odd occurrences from the year past. As there are quite a few strange stories, I'll be spreading this out over a few episodes before the end of 2021, like a cathartic cleansing ritual. So if you're new here, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out when the next one is released. So grab yourself a beverage and a suitably festive snack and let's look back on the Bimfire that was 2021. Now, I'm sure you've already worked this out, but I'm not going to delve into things that were just generally bizarre in the new sphere in 2021, unless they have a touch of the supernatural, paranormal, or downright strange about them. We've all been far too depressed by general politics and the global thing that's happening right now, which I'm not allowed to mention here, or else this episode will get a polite sanction put upon it. So these will be stories that have nothing to do with your normal day-to-day headlines. However, that's not to say that all of these stories will be the light-hearted and finalies... Finally. And finally. And finally. Finally. The newsrooms use as a palate cleanser. Some of these tales are very dark. As we're around the festive period, and you may be listening to this whilst you're prepping your Christmas dinner or driving to Grandma's, just a heads up that it may not be the most suitable thing for little ears to overhear, as they no doubt come to pester you in the kitchen or screech from the back seat for the thousandth time to find out if you're nearly there yet. Or maybe it is if you're not particularly fond of them, but it's on you if they won't go to sleep on Christmas Eve because of the scary podcast they overheard. So you have been warned. Kicking off straight away with something which will get you reaching for your tinfoil hat, we have our first weird topic from the month of January. Government UFO report announced. Having just said I won't talk about politics, I'ma talk about politics for a second. Bear with me, it's in context for the story. The incompetent what's-it Donald Trump, as a parting gift after being ousted by the American public from the White House, carried out a number of final things – which I'm sure many of us have been guilty of whilst leaving a job. Unlike most people who are just content with stealing a stapler and erasing all your template emails for the next sucker to have to create, old Donnie submitted a request to the Pentagon to release the dirt it held on UFOs, or as they refer to them, UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. The former director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, went on the ever-trustworthy and 100% reliable news station Fox News to talk about what he'd learned from his time as Trumpy's right-hand man, and spoke out about his knowledge on what he understood to have been classified up until the report was requested, but which would be made public by the 1st of June 2021. Now, if you can get past the obvious gloat of a man who's been allowed to peek behind the curtain, then this is an admission from a former government official that the Pentagon have records on UAPs, and now they had to disclose it. After all, we know that there is Area 52, which has for a long while been associated with the theory that a craft crash-landed there. Many military personnel have said they have seen strange craft when flying, and it's well known that the government has records on all these things. So finally, everyone was very excited that there would be some clarification on the whole phenomena. This obviously drove the UFO-believing community into an absolute frenzy, and people were now set to wait for the report, which they believed would definitely have solid proof of little green men and crafts that had been captured by the government. However, they'd have to wait patiently until June for the truth to be revealed. Story number two, the dead, alive Frenchwoman. A 58-year-old woman in France has been trying for the past three years to prove she isn't dead. Jeanne Pouchan, who lives in a small village in Loire, has said there's no point in leaving her home as she can't actually do anything because, technically, she's deceased. She can't get identification, a bank account or even car insurance, despite being very much still alive. So how did Jeanne end up being declared dead, despite her obvious living status? Well, it's a long story, but basically, it was a very strange mix-up in court. As a result of her deceased status, she has had troubles being able to settle debts, as companies don't believe she's paid, as when they check, she's not an alive person. And as a result of this, she's had her car towed away and she's now in fear that her personal belongings and her home may also be up for grabs by the debt collectors. This hasn't just affected Jeanne, but her family as well. Her husband hasn't been able to access their bank account as it's registered in Jeanne's name, and her son has also had problems proving his mother's existence in order for him to obtain credit. The whole situation has left Jeanne locked at home, she said in an interview with the Huffington Post that all she does is sit at home and write. Which basically sounds like my life, so... um... Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... Anyway, Jeanne has found herself fighting to regain her life. Literally. Having to get to the unbeating heart of the matter, Jeanne had to contest the ruling, which just simply proclaimed she was dead, without even checking. As it turns out, a former employee of Jeanne's had gone to court to contest her dismissal from Pouchain's company 20 years earlier. The cleaning company, which subcontracted workers to offices, schools, hospitals, etc., etc., had been lumbered with the unfair dismissal case, when it was actually the subcontractor which fired the employee. As there were many layers to the case, and seemingly whoever was dealing with it in court that day couldn't really be bothered to do very much, just ruled that Jeanne was dead, as they apparently tried to get hold of her before, but had failed to make contact. As such, in a weird turn of events, they just assumed she was dead. And that was it. Case closed. Jean says that's an interesting point, as she never received a summons or communications from the court, or even the disgruntled employee. Furthermore, as there has never been a death certificate issued, as she has never been medically assessed and the right paperwork submitted, she is in a weird limbo, as the court says she's dead, which seems to be legal enough to cause issues. The bizarre situation has even seen Jeanne's solicitors having to escalate her case in court to the Cassation, the highest court in France. However, they deemed the case not worthy of their fancy-pants court and more of a domestic matter, so Jeanne still remains dead for now, but her legal team is still hopeful that they can have the courts admit their mistake and bring her back to life. Now, if I were Jeanne, I'd have some fun with this. I'd run around in a sheet going, woo! I'd commit some petty crimes like shoplifting, stealing a police person's hat, and when caught, I'd just say, I'm a ghost. After all, they can't arrest a dead woman. Story number three, spider infestation. Now, our next story is a short one, but if you're not a fan of spiders, then maybe skip forward a little bit to the end of the episode, and I'll see you there. But otherwise, if you're feeling brave, I have some arachnid anarchy to enlighten you with. Here's the video evidence. So, again, here's your warning if you don't like them, skip ahead. Yeah. Little baby's one. to say, like, oh, that's not too bad. It's just like maybe 50, 60. But then she says, look in the other corner. There's more. In their life. i think the baby huntsman i'm not sure they're so cute i'm gonna kill them we keep them all over the house we never ever have gonna have mousies again (laughs) are you moving out now shall we burn the house down (laughs) we might have to do that now i personally quite like spiders In fact, in a previous life, I used to work with tarantulas on a daily basis, and I've had some as pets. I'm fine with big spiders, but ones like this, house spiders, and the ones that move very quickly, I'm not such a fan. So I don't think I'd particularly like being in this situation myself. Luckily for the owners of this house, these are baby huntsman spiders, and whilst they can grow to be huge, They don't really pose any threat to humans, with their bite apparently being as bad as a bee sting. Now, take it from somebody that's actually been bitten by a tarantula, which was totally my fault and not theirs. When it's a big spider, it's actually the fangs that hurt the most and not the venom that's inside them. The fangs are big and powerful and they really pack a punch. So, the occupants of the house don't really need to be worried. And this is what I love about Aussies, they're always so calm in the face of rampaging animals. It's always no big deal, as there's always something more deadly trying to kill you just around the corner. So in their eyes, this many spiders is a blessing, as they may take down something more deadly. So what happened after this video went viral? Well, the house owners did keep the house, they didn't burn it to the ground, and the girl still slept in her room. Which, fair play to her, I think I probably would have worn a balaclava to avoid swallowing too many in my sleep. Okay, so uh, that was just January. There's still another 11 months left to go. Thanks for joining me for those weird stories. I hope you enjoyed them. You know the drill by now if you've been around for a while, but if you're new here, then please subscribe and come and follow me on my social media. And if you like the show and you want me to make more of them, then please consider becoming a Patreon supporter so you can get your mitts on exclusive content, an extra episode per month, and depending on the tier you pick, have your name read out at the end of the episode. Like our executive Patreon producers, Amy, Barry, Bethan, Kate, Mary, Wren, Sam, Sarah and Veronica. And thanks to all of my other patrons too. Also, if you're not up for a long-term commitment, but you just wanted to send a tip or a gift for my Amazon wish list, then I would hugely appreciate that too, and I'll leave all the links in the show notes on the podcast and the description on the YouTube video. An enormous thank you for even considering doing that, as it means the world, and also thank you so, so much if you've done any of those things recently. I swear the Amazon driver thinks I'm setting up a bookshop, and it's such a wonderful surprise when I get a knock at the door, and it's another present from one of you you're the absolute best. Thank you for joining me for this episode. I've been Nikki Druce and I'll see you ghouls tomorrow for February. I can't do both hands because I've got a drink, but look at these. It's Christmas.